Thumb Stopper. All right, good morning, everybody. This is, uh, you tuned in to Brown on Brand. I'm Matthew Brown. And uh, at any point, you can tune in to us at thumbstopper.com or anywhere a fine podcast could be found. Uh, so whatever podcatcher that you use independently. Uh, I'm joined by a couple gentlemen in the studio this morning, Zach and Greg. And they're, uh, this is a continuation, obviously, uh, of our developer podcast and titled Fixing Problems Will Never End. Welcome, gentlemen. Morning. Good morning. And uh, so it's Monday morning. It's always, uh, you know, different to set one of these things off on a Monday morning. Everybody's got, uh, we're coming off of Easter Sunday here, and everybody's got a little bit of cloud in their eyes. And uh, especially in the developer world, you guys aren't used to early mornings. No, it's something new to us. Yeah, it's not that early. I started off the last developer podcast asking one question, and I'll ask you guys. Um, so what's the difference between uh, vampires and developers? Well, I heard the last answer, but uh, something about sunlight. No, I'm not sure. Sunlight. You don't like sunlight. Yeah, but I can survive in it. Yeah, you won't catch on fire. Yeah, I think um, that a stake through our heart would um, might not kill us, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, we can take a lot of uh, we can take a lot of flack. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm always looking for the the different answer, and those are both different answers. So you don't care for sunlight, but it won't kill you. And the other thing that won't kill you is a stake through your heart. No, nope, that won't do it. Okay. Good. All right. So the I you know the amount the amount of um, beatings then to a developer um, are irrelevant. Yeah, it's just part of the job. You know, it's like hey, feeling home sweet home. I've never heard Zach this quiet. Yeah, it's uh, just let him go. No, yeah, you know. Let uh, him, him advocate the beating of developers. <laughs> yeah, the beating of developers, the <laughs> problems, right? The problems. It's part of the job, and it's uh, what makes us grow and, and breathes life into us. Oh, wow. Okay, I hope the uh, I'll clip this for the HR department then in <laughs> case anything breaks out in the developer pit. Right. Go. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um you know, this, this uh, podcast titled Fixing Problems Will Never End originated uh, thinking about how we got started as a company. And, um, you know, as we attack uh, software development, it, it really all boils down to one thing, and that is trying to, you know, eliminate human pain and or labor, um, you know, out of just kind of the daily grind of business operations. It doesn't really matter. Uh, what it is, but the elimination of human labor is what I chalk software development up to. I'd agree with that. You'd agree with that? Yep, me too. Yeah, okay, good. The um, So I'd like to get into the kind of the roots and the hard part of being a developer. And one of the reasons that we brought this show, um, you know, into the studio was is that I wanted to do something um, to help uh, young people or really any age people um, that are thinking about getting into the tech sector because it's a really sexy uh, thing. It has been over the, the last several years. It's, it's, it, there, it's obvious that we're not mining coal anymore. And, um, you know, hear, people hear things about, um, you know, get into the technology space. And I think for a lot of people that can be somewhat confusing because it's, it's almost like, um, you know, saying, uh, you know, become a, become an athlete. And then you'd have to say, well, you know, what type of athlete, you know, get into the technology space. And, 
And, um, you know, I started my career early off uh, recruiting developers. And I don't know if you guys know that, but that's how I fell in love with kind of um, the personality of software development and the, and the characters that I've met. Now, you two guys are definitely at the top of the list of characters. Excuse me. And um, Zach, I, like I said, I've never heard you this quiet. I'm just trying to be respectful. Of what? Yeah, probably this whole thing we're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it's it? also a little difficult for me to come up with words to say and try not to curse too much. No, so. Oh, I know. I, I figured I said, man, I'll bring Zach in the show, and one or two things are going to happen. There's, we're going to have a lot of censoring, or if we get into politics at all, they're gonna. This this could go really extreme. A little bit. So we'll stay away from that as much as possible. And I appreciate you refraining. Although the cuss words, I don't. N- number one, they don't offend me, and I look past that um, because you know. Number one, I don't associate people that express themselves with cuss words and the level of intelligence, kind of like history's taught us to do. Uh, so feel free to be yourself in the podcast, um, because I think one of the things that I want to get into when we talk, uh, you know, about software development, I like to get into the grid of kind of what the what the what the pain in the ass parts of it are. Right. And there's a you know, I, I equate it to being a, hunched over a keyboard and just the demanding part mentally of, uh, you know, what it takes to deliver what kind of the operations team or the design team has given you to equate to software. How often, like on a percentage of zero to a hundred percent, how often do you find um, that we miss the mark in development? That we develop something other than what the people actually need? Correct. 60%, 60 60% of the time. So you would say that 60% of the time we're going back to the drawing board to either make minor adjustments or, uh, either restarting, you know, the, the other extreme would be restarting the entire development yeah. cycle. It's it's one of those things where it's something gets lost in translation. So you got the people who actually need the thing, and then they'll talk to a support person, and then they'll talk to a manager, and then they'll talk to a developer. Yeah. And that, just like that kid's game, something, something changes along the way. Yeah. And you've had, um, how many years have you been developing, Zach? Uh, professionally, five. Okay, great. Uh, professionally, uh, just over two. Just over two. Okay. So, um, Greg, and being a newbie then, Greg, what did you do before development? Uh, before development, I was in China living the life for seven years. Yeah, really? What's that mean? Uh, well, I was studying uh, the Chinese language, and then the last four years I was studying international politics. So nothing related to software development, if you could believe that. Oh, I do believe that about <laughs> you. And, I, you know, I always use the, the Chinese language. I thought that was only for attorneys. They write things in Chinese. <laughs> right. That we can't understand. So say something in Chinese. Hey, 各位亲爱的朋友们,大家好,欢迎大家来收听我们这个节目. Really? Okay, what'd you say? I said, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to our show. Okay, that might be the new introduction. Maybe we do this thing in Chinese. Yeah, I think we should. Go international. I think we should. You're going to need to give me a cheat sheet. Yeah, you know, they got a lot of uh, listeners over there, like 1.4 billion. So, you know, might have a, uh, a little niche market there. Hey, listen, I, I love it. I love it. And that was very good. I don't I don't Aww. know if what you're telling us here on the air is the truth about what you translated. You'll never know. I, you know, I can remember when I was eight years old, I, I know, are you sleeping brother John? And I can do that in Chinese. Well, let's hear it. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably awoke now anyway, so it doesn't matter. I, I hear Greg having conversations be, in Chinese me, a lot, yeah. so I'm willing to believe him. I'm worried about it might be like a couple of my tattoos that I have that have calligraphy on them, and they don't really say 
what I told the tattoo artist I wanted them to say? Yeah, that's that's always a possibility. Deliveries on Tuesday. <laughs> Deliveries on Tuesday. Exactly. Cross my left arm. So um, give me a horror story, and uh, it could be from here somewhere else. Zach, what, uh, what's the worst experience you've had over your last five years of professional development? Uh, last experience with with just generally or with dealing with like, oh, what they wanted is and what we gave them or I just generally, I mean, what, uh, you know, give me a, you know, let's start off with some horror stories. Well, back when I used to find myself in the role that he's currently in, um, that's what, a, what role is that? Uh, that is as a developer for our integration with eBay, uh, with okay. eBay authenticate. Okay. And, uh, that role is a little different from a lot of the other development roles here because there's not really a chain of support people and managers. It's direct developer to customer interaction. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hated that. Uh, no, actually, I actually liked that a fair amount. Uh, what I didn't okay. like is that, especially when we had, you know, dealing with eBay people in California, dealing with eBay people in India, yeah. I would get phone calls from 9 a.m. to 9 a.m. Oh, okay. I mean, 4 a.m. I'd get a phone call. From so people. the amount of hours that you found yourself kind of trapped to the grind yeah yeah okay good and that and that and that can become daunting right i mean uh you know technology is sometimes two or three in the morning we might have things go wrong whether it's a scalability issue with the servers or whatever and it seems like the developers are the guy and and i think that's what the similarity is with vampires right and and what my fascination is with uh just all hours of the night sometimes when it comes to development yeah sometimes if something big something critical goes on I'm happy to work on it extra hours. It needs to be fixed. But if it's 4 a.m. and you're calling me because you have an idea that a button should be a different color, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, um, yeah, that's a great point. And, and, you know, one of the funny things is sitting here with you two guys, um, when I started off in this business, and I don't know if it's because of how our culture is hired and that I've got the cast of characters, um, but, you know, typically you know, and you guys know this, right, is that, you know, socially developers have been known to be awkward. I'd agree with that. And I don't find that about our group. Is that, is that, do you think that's something because we've hired around or, or am I missing something and I've got a custom, maybe I'm socially awkward now because I've been hanging out with so many of you guys, you know, you are, you are, you are who you hang around. Well, um, I don't know. I think part of it might be that, uh, at least here in this company, um, I really admire our developers because I think they, I think they have a high IQ, and I think uh, having a, a high IQ and being really intelligent, you know, some of the things that come along with that is, you know, you might find some social awkwardness because, uh, you know, these guys are so smart, they're constantly having these uh, problems that they're solving in their head, you know, so they might seem a little bit socially distracted, but uh, what's really going on is they're they're figuring out these problems. That's kind of like, uh, you know, I always thought I was the crazy one because I was so different, but maybe we're the normal people. Right, yeah. I do think there's a stereotype around developers that's a little off too. I mean, the average person, when they think of a software developer, they think of, oh, the skinny guy with the big Coke bottle glasses and the pocket protector and, oh, well, if we don't um, That was pretty good. And that's generally not the case. What did you do there? Did you get something in your nose? or? Yeah, that was exactly it. No, that's the okay. push the glasses up the face. Oh, I got you. Revenge got you. of the Nerds style, right. style thing. Um, right. And so a lot of people picture that, but uh, that might have been the case in the 70s. Yeah. But it certainly isn't now. Yeah. Um, I know people who are, I'm not one of them, but I know people who are like, daytime job, they're a developer, yeah. at night they're a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's certainly not me. 
Yeah, but yeah. there are people like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and is that usually, it's not to supplement income because developer income is actually pretty good. It's probably more hobby related yeah, with technical things. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the conversations we had last time, uh, I think it was Jesse that brought it up that said, you know, the um, the toy, the keyboard that he got for Christmas was really awesome, but what he found himself, you know, being more intrigued with was what was inside the keyboard, and he was always taking everything apart, even if it meant, you know, tearing it up and and that related with me because we, we started off the conversation about developers being mechanically minded uh, for the most part. I mean, you look at Clint, I look across the, the platform of, of developers that I've worked with and I find that usually they're pretty good mechanics and I don't mean we're just working on cars, but just fixing things in general. Yep. Yeah, I can, uh, I can relate to that. I just remember uh, ever since I was little, I used to always like to watch my friends play video games, not not necessarily play them myself, because I'd always be thinking, man, how is this thing made? Like, how are they moving these tiles and these graphics? And so that's so cool. Like, how how are they doing this? That was the stuff I was interested in, was the how. Yeah. 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 For me, a lot of it came down to what made me decide I wanted to be a, a programmer um, was video games when I was a kid. It wasn't so much wondering how they worked, but you had whole bunch of different devices you could use to cheat in a game where you're just changing some internal of the game and see what happens. Oh, wow. And so playing around with that kind of thing is what made me realize, like, I kind of really want to know how all the rest what of What was works. the first game you did that with? Do you remember? Uh, Mario 3. Oh, Nintendo. Okay. And explain that to me. So what's what's that mean? You you had physical devices or you got into the code base? Yeah, it's uh, physical. De- so those old school Nintendo games, they've got the cartridge that you stick into the system. Sure, sure. And with this one, it's a... It's kind of an in-between where you stick the cartridge into this and you stick this whole thing into the system. Okay, so, so, so you, you slip something the into middle. the cartridge slot and then the cartridge went into yeah. that. And and what did it do? It gave you t- things that you could add to that sleeve? Uh, kind of. That would modify was, the code? It was like, here's some, here's some things you can do. It was just this combination of, you know, it seems seemingly random letters and numbers. But you put them into the right way and what it's actually doing is it's saying, hey, the game, as you're talking to Nintendo, do this instead for this part. Yeah, right. And so learning how that kind of stuff worked is what really got me. Yeah, exactly. And and so for if you guys were going to talk to younger people, and I have two teenage daughters, um, 15 going on 16 and 18 going on 19, one starting college. And my younger daughter, uh, she seems to be very intrigued um, around the development world. I think a lot of that has to do with kind of me being in the software business over the last 15 years. And... Um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, I said to Danielle, I, you know, Sarah's on a, uh, on a path to, to picking a college and, and kind of picking a career. And she's up in the air about a couple things. I don't, you know, I figured out yesterday what I wanted to do. And I'm 46 years old. And I was talking to my wife about that. And I, you know, I said, it's amazing to me that the, the kids have to kind of choose that route um, early on. But, you know, Danielle, not so much. She, she, you know, I ask her what she wants to do and she tells me nothing. And, um, and I said, really, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to do anything. And I said, well, why not? And she says, because I'm lazy. Now I think that was probably a, a quick way to get me off the subject, but we talk about technology a lot and for other young people or people in general that might be listening to and thinking about getting into the tech space, what's the way to get your feet wet, right? What's, what if, what if somebody's sitting in rural America where I'm from and um, they're thinking about making a career change. And, and I, you know, I as well think, you know, 46 is still young. So I don't, I don't think it's too late for anybody to kind of turn it around. And I certainly have seen people 
I've been involved in helping move people out of kind of support positions or junior sales positions. And, and it's always intrigued me when I find somebody that has a love for technology, but they're scared to kind of get started. What would you say to, to people that, that want to think about a career in technology? What, what's the first thing that they could do? Um, well, Matt, I think you were describing me to a T uh, before I started working here, you know. Good. Um, I did not have any professional experience before my job before this, right? So it's like, well, how do you crack that paradox nut with the uh, getting hired in an enterprise with no enterprise experience and stuff with just the passion for development? And, and um, what I did was before I got my first uh, job in a actual professional environment was I, I just had fun with learning development and made some own personal projects. And I put those up on a GitHub, you know, for, uh, just for people to look at. Yeah, but, and, but what's that, what's, what's that mean? Let's back up even yeah, further. Right. Sure. And so you had an interest and, yeah. and so what program, what led you to get a program that you understood that you could start writing code in? So the, uh, what led me was basically my, my interest and my passion uh, for wanting to understand this stuff in, right. the, in the first place. You know what I mean? So right. um, since I, I did, wasn't working for a company, you know, I had to start somewhere. And that was just uh, figuring out a problem I wanted to solve, like making a website. I always, I always used to think websites are so cool. They're like the coolest things in the world. So I, I was determined to make my own website, kind of like a web app. And just go from there. And what'd so, you do that in? I, I did that in PHP. In PHP. So yeah. so how would you how would one do anything in PHP to the layman? What would they do? They fire up their computer. They they everybody's used to using smart devices. Yep. There's an operating system, but you know when you get into writing code, it's kind of outside those operating system parameters. So what what would one do if they weren't technical and they wanted to get started? How would they how would they write their first few letters and numbers? Well, setting and then up, understand what the hell that does. Setting up your computer to host any programming language, anything like that, that can be a bit of a task. Okay. But there are a lot of websites now. That's one of the great things about living now compared to 15 years ago. Sure. There's a lot of websites now where it's, I want to get started, and they'll give you a thing on the webpage that says, here, you can do it here, and we'll do all the extra stuff, and you can run it and see what happens. Yeah, so f to a, to a, a layman... Right, and, and I want to. What, what type of website would I go to? Uh, there's a lot that are, you know, tutorial websites. There's okay. a lot though that uh, one of the biggest things I, I like to introduce people with is there's a lot of sites now where it says here's a really basic game or puzzle you have to solve. Okay. Here's some hints on how to. How do, do I it. find that? Uh, the one that I like a lot is called codinggame.com. Uh, there's only one G, but coding game, yeah. Codinggame.com, but not two Gs. So Correct. it's so it's coding. Game. Yeah, or, or coding aim, however you want to call coding it. Coding um, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. Coding game. And they that's just like a developer to make it difficult like that, right? You got you guys building walls and putting up fences so we can't get across them. Uh I don't know if it's us putting up the fences there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I think I started out with just a Google search like uh how to make a web page in PHP. I think it was something simple like that. And and I just started out with uh Hello World. You know, uh that's why Hello World um comes up so often in, in learning development languages. It's it's really the first step in just about every programming language, uh, where you get that first output on the screen and uh you know, you just kind of go from there. So I think uh, just a little Google search for how do you do this? 
Yeah, very early on. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe easier in some ways, too, because like the TRS-80 was my first computer, and my grandmother had bought that for me. And, uh, of course, it was just a blinking cursor. Yep. And you could go to Radio Shack, that I'm dating myself now, um, as a kid, and they had these little books that you could pick up, and you literally, it gave you, you just... Yep, here's you know, what you it type. Was 15 pages of here's what you type, and it was amazing. And by the time, you know, as a kid, that seemed forever. I might have been, oh, goodness, um, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And um, I remember typing that stuff and, and, and doing it maybe what seemed like two or three days. It was probably a few hours, um, you know, knowing my attention span. Um, and I typed that out, and then I realized that I could move a, a cursor or a ball back and yep. forth across the... That um, turtle, that drawing and thing. It, yeah, 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 exactly. Sounds like you made Pong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was Pong without a moving ball and only one paddle. Oh, well, that, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I'd like to play that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The um, So um, is that translated out into technology today to where there are websites that are like that, that yeah. make it that friendly uh, to kind of glue into? Yeah, there's a lot of them where it says, go here. Do this thing. Here's some stuff you can. Here's some stuff you can copy or paste in or type in, and here's what it'll make happen. And how you know maybe when you got the when you got that kind of bug where you want to be a developer is when you do that, and then you're maybe satisfied, maybe not, but you say, how do I make it do something else cool? Right. That's if you have that urge, you'd probably be an okay developer. Yeah, yeah. And Greg, you know, so I can't remember every detail uh, about everybody. Um, but you were off in, in China yeah, and you were doing your thing and you were looking for a career. Yeah. And I forget because you're accepted as what I would consider, you know, an accomplished developer. And, oh. that's, and that's only coming from two years. I mean, am I right about that, Zach, that, you know, for a couple of years experience and that, and that should really motivate the people and the listeners that are, um, in think or into or thinking about uh, getting into technology and maybe code writing that in two years, it's so impressive. You've worked on some huge projects for us. I have. Um, yeah. So here's what's going on with that. Um, when I first started, I was just very honest with myself and with the company who I was applying to. I said, look, I'm a junior developer and I'm still moldable and I'm very passionate about learning development and becoming a good developer uh, but I will require mentoring, you know, man, and when you come in with that attitude, um, it, you know, the, those are the t- type of people that we are always looking for. And you come in with a positive attitude and you're talking to them and you're talking about some of your weaknesses. Those are the best things to, to open up with. Well, I'm, I'm glad I said that. And you know what? Um, it's worked out really well because the other thing I would say to people who are aspiring developers and are, are not, who are worried that, when they first get in there, they're going to be expected to know everything. That's not the case. Look, I was honest and I said, look, I, I don't know everything, but I want to learn how to do it right. And uh, going in there with that attitude and realizing that your other coworkers are pretty knowledgeable people. Look, I, I go to Zach every day. I go to my the other colleagues every single day. And between us uh, developers, we're going to figure out what it is that we couldn't solve earlier. You know, and I've just kind of um, held to that. And over the years, I've grown. You know, I've tapped into this resource. Yeah, great. And so do you do anything outside of kind of the daily grind of, you know, that's us.com or Thumbstop or, or, you know, one of our subsidiaries? Do you do anything to 
or or is that needed as downtime? Are you doing anything to further? Oh, gotcha. So you know, like, you mean when I go home and do yeah. I do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you do you keep nerding out? I keep nerding out so bad. I think it's something that drives my wife crazy because when I yeah. when I go home to her, it looks like I'm working. You know, I'm sitting behind my computer and I still got the code up. But it's one of my own personal projects. And maybe what I'm doing is I'm taking some techniques that I learned at work. And now I'm applying it to like a a personal project, you know, like this whole weekend. I spent the whole weekend helping my dad with his new website. And, uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like I'm working. Well, I kind of am. But look, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. That's hilarious because um, I think everybody I I know, including my grandparents, um, they consider me a tech guy and I'm not and I'm not a code writer. And, um, you know, I'm somewhat technical. I understand it. But it's everybody wants me to fix our computer. Oh yeah. gosh, absolutely. Is that yeah. is that I, you find yourself I get in that, that trap? Yeah. Well, see, I used to do that for people. Like that was my. Are job your grandparents that have a computer that's fifteen years old and you, yeah. and and you don't have the heart to tell? It's easier for me to get them a new one, and yeah, I hope they don't listen to this because podcast say, because I'll well, be updating. Oh well, I spent six hundred dollars on this. It should work. I'm like, you spent six hundred dollars on it in two thousand one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, done. You're it's lucky over. it fires up. Yeah, this is this this is like a uh, a small four cylinder car with ten million miles on it. Yeah, right. It's it's smoking at this point. Yeah, uh, computers only age slightly better than milk. Yeah, yeah. Greg, uh, you know, interesting. Um, so, have either one of you guys, and maybe this is Greg, you know, pointing to you because you're you're coming off of uh, you know talking about that in the couple of years, Zach, in the in in the five years of professional experience, have you second guessed the career path? Oh, you mean like, did I make the right decision and yes. stuff like that? Yeah, have you second-guessed being a developer? No, you know what happened? Quite the opposite. Uh, I gained confidence. The second-guessing came before I got the job, and maybe the first couple weeks into the, the job. You know, I'm thinking, man, I I don't know everything. And you know what? Today, I still don't know everything, but I know that I'm surrounded by people who are going to help me, who I can... Uh, you know, extract that information from. So no, the second guessing, absolutely not. Any, If anything, it's reinforced my desire and my uh, passion for programming. Now I know, hey, this is, I'm going to be doing this till I got gray hair. Have you worked on a big team before, Zach? Uh, the largest team I've worked on was three developers. Wow. Okay. Um, but to answer that same question, though, my whole first couple years here, I, I second guess myself every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, a lot of it was, you know, it was it was new to me. I'd been programming, you know, as a hobby for, yeah. for, for ages. You came in from the north. You came yeah. in from the cold weather down yep. here to Florida. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I came in from previously working a job where I made a little more than $8 an hour. Oh, wow. Um, selling computers at a big box retailer that I won't name. Okay. Um, but are they still in business? They are. Okay. Well, then we can't, we shouldn't name them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they weren't in business, we could trash them. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. But, uh. And I and I got down here and I and I started doing this and and I knew what I was doing for the most part, but I wasn't used to for my development for there to be any level of responsibility for there to be a, oh, if I get this wrong, forty people can't work today. Right. And so that threw me off a lot. And I was like, I've made right. a terrible mistake. I don't want all this responsibility. Then, especially because for a couple years or for a year maybe, I was the only person on working on the product I was working on. Right. And so all of that responsibility fell on me, and it was terrifying. Yeah. And eventually, you get used to it, and you start to own it, and that's when you make it better. Sure. But that the first couple of years, terrifying. The whole so time. to recap a little bit, you were you were challenged internally with kind of the responsibilities 
that came with developing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. And and so has that changed? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have no problem taking on, you know, all this stuff because I, I have that level of confidence now that I, I know. And what what what's changed? That is that something that that we've helped change? Is that something that that is just maturity, uh, you know, in developing has changed? Is it something the group you're working with? I think it's partially a maturity thing. Okay. Uh, but I think a lot of it too was once I actually had, once I was kind of put into a leadership role and had other people working on my team sure, and was directing them and I was like, okay, well, you're having the same concerns I had and yeah. here's the, here's the ways we get around that. And sure. so, um, I think that, uh, I think that kind of getting put into a leadership role made me more comfortable in a leadership role. Okay, good. And um, so I find I find myself just intrigued with a number of questions that come from this. But you know, I want I want to get back to um, you know people. You know, if I if I'm a listener or watcher, and I'm one of those people that might be in uh, a part of the country, and and rural America is near and dear to my heart because I think. For the most part, uh, for the last thirty years, uh, it's become more difficult in rural America Absolutely. in a lot of ways. I mean, you have uh, what you used to have is small businesses and and um, you know hardware stores and small furniture stores, etc. And now you have a Walmart, mm -hmm. and uh, Walmart's kind of swallowed up all that business. And these people in these areas are, you know, they're waiting in line for this stuff now that that are imported and on pallets and set out for them to purchase. Uh, you know, at much lower costs, but the, you know, so I, you know, rural America is kind of near and dear to me and people that are sitting out there that might not be technical. What I'm hearing if, if I'm in those shoes is that my God, I, you know, I'm listening to a podcast where, you know, an individual had made the decision to go, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to Google it and I'm going to work on my own and I have the motivation, um, to get into it. Then there's really no excuses Right. If you're halfway mechanically minded, you don't mind, um, you know, some of the, you know, some I'm an outdoors guy. And so what I what I never hear from developers and I thought that I would hear more is, you know, you're indoors a lot and you're kind of bent over the the keyboard. And those are the things that I think that I wouldn't personally like about being a developer. And, and but, but I don't know that my personality allows me to sit down in the same place for more than, you know, 30 or 40 minutes at a time. And 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 so is that ever a challenge? Yeah, you know, um, nothing beats. Other than being, you guys have become really good basketball players out on our basketball court. That's, that's, well, that's there a you go. Part of it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also can't do the sit in one place for more than forty five minutes thing. Uh, I'll get up. I'll go outside. I'll shoot basketball for a while, or I will, you know, go next door with a pool table. Whatever we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, I. If it was sit at this desk, work for eight hours straight, never get up, yeah. I would quit immediately. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't handle that. Yeah, but good. that's not the way. So that's you, not the way it goes. I mean, most most developers, I think, get up around once an hour and go kind of recharge their brain a little bit. So forty five minutes an hour is the the mark that you make. Are you able to kind of put a bookmark on what you're doing and walk away from that? And then you know, how much time does it take you to get back into going? Oh, what, where was I at again? It's it's a matter of how long I get up for. Okay. If I get up for a couple minutes to go smoke a cigarette, yeah, that, right, right back that's to it. Horrible no for you. I don't recommend that, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but you know, for me, that's that's a five minute break. Yeah. Yeah. And I can get right back to where I left off, no problem. Okay. In fact, a lot of times there's things where you kind of have to wait on the computer to do some things, mm -hmm. and so I get back and it's done, and now I'm ready to go. Yeah. 
Um, if I'm getting up for, say, go to lunch, you know, take half an hour, an hour to go to lunch or yep. go to the gym. Yeah. Takes me a while to get back into it. Yeah. Speaking of the gym, uh, Zach, I'm very proud of you. How how many years now? Uh, a it'll year make, and a half. Next Monday, next Tuesday, we'll make one year. Oh, next Tuesday, make mm-hmm. one year. Boy, it seems longer than that. That's uh, that's been a big deal for you, right? Absolutely. Uh, personally, um, that you've gotten in the gym and and we have this program where you're in classes with trainers. Yep. Uh, over at ASPI, which I had the honor. Um, a week ago of um, interviewing a couple of those guys on the podcast, Yo Murphy and Dexter Jackson. Um, and uh, they have a, a very unique program. Um, and as a tech company, with us being indoors and what I would consider hunched over our de- desk most of the time, and even though you guys break out, and, and Greg, you're using our uh, own facilities every here. Day. Every day you're working out. And um, how much impact has that made on you um, personally? Yeah, that's made a huge impact because uh, so not only did I second guess myself about, you know, the ability to write programs and be a good developer, you know, I also second guessed myself about how much weight I could lift and and what I could do in the gym, you know, Uh, before I started working here, I didn't have anybody who could spot me. So I never, you know, um, had the courage to try to lift, you know, close to what my one rep max is and to make those uh, advances. Uh, but I've been working out every day for uh, a little over a year now with the, the other colleagues here. And uh, it has made a tremendous impact on my confidence because now I can lift more weight and I just feel better from, from exercising. It's like I'm treating my body well. Yeah. I feel the biggest impact mentally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was certainly one of those people where, uh, especially because I live alone, you know, um, and so I would go home and I'd be like kind of bored and kind of like bleh most of the time. And I'd never want to work on a side project because I'm always kind of just like flat. Yeah. Um, and so going to the gym, I mean, there's there's certainly an endorphin rush there. And so that, that helps a lot. And that helps keep you kind of going throughout the day and at, later on. But um, I think a lot of it for me, too, is, is you know, you do feel better because, I mean, you look at me a year ago, I was a lot rounder. Right. Um, well, rounds a shape. Well, it's a shape. It's not the shape I want to be. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but then, so there was that. And so I was in, I was in kind of poor health. Sure. And, uh, not only that, but going to the gym, it was certainly a lot cheaper both now and later on with medical bills than having a $15 lunch every day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that so save your money, makes me. you feel better. Yeah. You sleep better. Now and then. Yeah. I mean, I've always been kind of, so an let me tell you something. You got this wicked blonde hair and red like gold red beard is that is that a natural thing that is like you're genetically just perfect yep. like that yeah people are determined to convince me i'd die one or the other yeah you know i didn't know the, which which side you were putting the just for men on but the uh it looks great oh thank you, you got although that nice i did, did find some pure white ones in here this weekend so we'll see that's all part of getting old mine are all turning white as well but i'm uh, a little jealous from that to be honest i've, I've never been able to uh you know, grow uh, any more than a, just a few stubs here and there. If she so. quits shaving it. That's true. That's a good point, huh? That's probably the first step. Clean shaven. You're the most clean shaven person definitely on the that's us.com team. <laughs> very, I believe that. Very impressed with that. So what I've heard today is that don't be intimidated um, if you're not that technical um, it, because getting into technology, and we're talking about developers, but there there's also things around development that you might augment into that would make you more of a designer, but knowing the code base and being able to to modify things in the design. So technology and coding can lead you down a number of paths. 
it's like practicing medicine or accounting. And my daughter's uh, looking at both, and I didn't realize that accounting could lead you down so many paths, mm -hmm. but technology could lead you down so many paths. But don't be intimidated. You know, I, what I want to do is really open up the email podcast at thumbstopper.com if there are any people out there that are thinking about, um, you know, questions that they might have for future episodes for developers or thinking about getting into technology and they're intimidated, I will uh, personally uh, reply to those. And, uh, and if I can't get the answer, I will go to my teams and get the answer for you uh, and get you the support. I wish, I wish there was more and I'm going to do a little bit more research on the things that have helped developers uh, kind of get started. Um, and I should have been more prepared about that this morning. But one of my format um, cliches is, is that we're not going to come in with any, you know, we didn't have any prep today, did we guys? As a matter of fact, zero. No, I have no idea what we we're going to talk about. Yeah, good. And um, so I want this to be unscripted. I, I really wanted to start this series, uh, Fixing Problems Will Never End, off as just getting um, to know the personalities of developers. I, you know, what I wanted to open up, and I did a lot of YouTube research, and I find developers out there talking about kind of their trade or the things that, um, you know, are difficult for them to, to, to get started. But I wanted to get a format where we could have all the different personalities. And I found that some of the, you know, things that are assumed about uh, getting into technology, it, you know, it's not like you need, um, you know, a professional education or, 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 or um, you know, years and years of college or, um, and certainly the technical uh, schools can help uh, get you started. But what I see most of the time with developers are people that are motivated enough, you heard it from Zach today, of going, I'm tired of making $8 an hour. And quite frankly, this whole you know conversation around a min minimum standard wage or a minimum wage is, you cannot work 40, even 50, 60 hours a week at that type of wage and expect to have things like electricity and food and communications and fuel and insurances, you know, not to mention health insurances and all the things that you need. So our our system is not set up today. And I know I hear a lot of people going, well, those were meant to be jobs for kids or those are meant to be jobs for, uh, you know, people. But there, there are so many people out there that are in positions today to where I believe if you show up 40, 50, 60 hours a week and you put your heart and you your heart into it and and you have um, you know kind of pride in what you do and and pride of ownership in that position that 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 should entitle you to the basic necessities and and we're hurting there in America and I think technology for a lot of people might be the way out. It's certainly not going to be mining coal or uh, you know, some of the other things that I hear uh, that are discussions today, but things that can kind of maybe get you out. I'm hoping this can motivate people to go, I don't think technology is gonna do anything but continue to blossom for the next however many years the, the planet seems to sustain itself with its current resources. Um, but I, I'm hoping this can motivate and, and I wanna feel like this is a little philanthropic, if that's the right word. Uh, for the developers to kind of give back, um, you know, some things that m might push people over the edge to making that that career decision that could help them out. Yeah, and uh, one of the things you find too with uh, with a whole lot of that stuff, with the whole like, oh, those jobs are meant for teenagers. However you want to say it, I don't, yeah. um, I don't really have too much of an opinion on that. But the yeah. problem is that. 
people keep getting told to go into the same types of jobs. My, my right. brother's in logging, and there's a lot more loggers than there are positions for loggers. And so there's there's some unemployment there. Yeah. With development, especially, there are way more open oh my jobs God, we're than there are developers. Dude, the, the unemployment rate in Tampa for technology right now is under 1%. Yeah. When it comes to code writing and some of the specific resources that, that we have internally. And it's, it's amazing um, that we can keep people as long as we have because I know there are opportunities out there. I know the recruiters are blowing up your phones. Are they not? Yeah, Do they rec- are. The recruiters drive you nuts, right? Yeah, and, that's, and you know what? There's a lot of people out there in America who would love to have that problem, who would just love to have so many opportunities. And that's, that, what, the, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. That's what this series yeah. is about is, is you know, uh, the number of times that I hear from developers and technical people going, you know how many times we have to tell the recruiters to stop calling us? Yeah. I mean, it's like how many of the listeners and viewers out there that might be sitting in those places in America that are dear to my heart right now are sitting and their biggest problem or one of their problems they have in the daily grind is they got to tell people, no, I don't want that job paying more money. I, every day. Yep. Every day. Every day. It's every like, day. And, and I'll tell you this, my resume, it, it's got to be more than two, two years. years old. Two years. Where are they finding this? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't updated my resume since I started here in hopes that it would stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate hearing that. And and I hope that speaks to kind of, uh, you know, our culture in general. Um, And you you two guys were 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 blessed and honored to have both of you guys. You know, I'm I'm personally involved in the technology side of what we develop. So I'm I'm very clear on kind of who's on what project and what's going on and kind of and believe me, on the operations side, too, we talk about, um, you know, kind of the restrictions and, and some of the problems we run into with the amount of development and, and resources that it takes. But um, anything else I missed today, guys? Anything you guys want to add? Uh, you know, we learned some things about Greg. Greg, you speak Chinese. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, two years into development, uh, you get calls from recruiters every day. Uh, you know, if there are, again, if there are listeners or watchers out there that are thinking about the technology space, you know, I implore them. Um, I'm personally invested into that because we're currently and we're always really always looking for uh, good development talent. And we we like the attitudes. Uh, you know, I'll take somebody with, you know, a year's experience over 15 years experience uh, any day. If the attitude and the drive that we see in people when we're hiring those people is correct. Yeah. And, uh, and I do want to just reiterate for anyone, you know, if you're, if you're stuck working one of those kind of low paying jobs, you don't really like it. If you are kind of content working the factory line and just putting part A to part B, part A to part B, nothing else to it, development might not be for you. But if you're the kind of guy who says, oh, we could do this faster if we did this, or the kind of girl who says, oh, here's how we fix that machine, then it's probably for you. That's the kind of thing that. And not just factories, right? Just looking mechanically. Where you go, wow! I I could I think I have a better idea to do this. Um, except you're in a job where it's like, but the manager, yeah. excuse me, doesn't think so. Uh, in development, you'll thrive. Absolutely right because it's problem solving every day. Yeah, hundred percent challenging. And you don't have to be some sort of super genius like you see in a lot of those old movies. Um, you know, there's there's none of that. It's just if you have the drive to here's a problem, here's how I want to fix it. It's You'll probably be all Developments right. for you because that's uh, that's what you do. And you know what? Doing that and enjoying it, your day's going to go by so quick. You're going to blink your eyes. It's already 5, 6 o'clock. And it's not very expensive to get into. Contrary to popular belief, most developers don't have degrees. 
That's beautiful. So, hey guys, thank you. Um, wow, I just looked down. We've spent about 35 minutes uh, uh, in the studio this morning. Uh, that includes the getting together. Uh, thanks for joining us again, Zach, Greg. Um, hopefully, more than anything, uh, this has been instrumental uh, for the listeners and the viewers, people that are thinking about making that career change. Um, it's not that difficult. It, again, if anybody has questions, concerns, comments, um, and I always welcome the haters, people. Hey, look, if, if you disagree with uh, things that you hear today, hit me at podcast at thumbstopper.com. I'll personally get involved in answering those. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you, guys.